0: Welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, Big Nonprofit Ideas for the Other 95%. I'm your aptly named host of your favorite hebdominal podcast. And oh, I'm glad you're with me. I've come down with blepharocallus if I saw that you missed this week's show. Apps, tools, and tactics for the hybrid workplace. Work ain't going back to what it was pre-pandemic. How can you and your teams remain productive, not merely busy? Jason Shim and Miko Whitlock reveal the resources that will lead you to rockstar productivity. On Tony's Take Two, summer's coming. We're sponsored by Turn 2 Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission, turn-2.co. As we continue our coverage of 22NTC, you know what that is. You know it's the 2022 Nonprofit Technology Conference hosted by N10. You know who N10 is because we've been talking about this for weeks and weeks. They're the smart folks who help you use technology in all your social change work. Right now, our coverage includes Jason Shim and Miko Marquette Whitlock, both returning to Nonprofit Radio. Jason Shim is Director of Digital Strategy and Transformation at Pathways to Education Canada, and Miko Marquette-Whitlock is Speaker and Trainer on Mindfulness and Technology. He is the mindful techie. Jason and Miko, welcome back to Nonprofit Radio.
1: Thanks for having Always us. You.
0: Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I don't know if you guys have been on it three or four times, uh, we've we've been doing not. Uh, the NTC for since like 2016 or something. So it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yes, yes. Good to have you back. This it. year, your topic is apps, tools, and tactics for hybrid workplace rockstar productivity. Not mere productivity or increased productivity, but rockstar level productivity. Okay. Uh, I'm going to hold you to that. Mm-hmm. Jason, uh, why don't you give us a little overview of why you think this was uh, an important topic for for NTC?
2: Yeah, o- over the years, uh, I-, I found that when uh, sharing uh, information at uh, NTC and, and presentations, that uh, some of the uh, feedback that uh, we're getting was uh, you know, people were feeding back, you know, well, we we love hearing about the tools, and so you know, th- th- this. Um, presentation emerged as a as a result of that uh, really you know following the data uh, you know the, the people have spoken and, and uh we put together this uh, session to really reflect um you know that there are tons of tools that are constantly coming out and these are tools that we have you know tried tested and have identified that you know they really help us in our kind of day-to-day work and you know we just want to share it with the world
0: and Miko there's also a, uh, a mental model component to this so as as our mindful techie what's the uh, what, what's the, the the mental side of this
1: uh, the mental side of it that we talked about specifically in the presentation was this idea of moving from being busy to being productive right so you can be busy answering emails you can be busy in back to back zoom meetings you can be busy attending all of those unsolicited Calendar invites for various things. And you could be ex- exhausted and tired at the end of your day and your week, but you might not actually be making a difference in terms of moving the mission forward. And so uh, the mental framing is really about how do we move from focusing on outputs, right? I answered this many emails. I worked this many hours uh, to outcomes, focusing on, okay, how many people did we actually serve? How many, how many dollars did we actually raise, you know, how, how did we make a difference today in someone's life based on whatever the mission is of our particular organization? Uh, And so the the tools are really, that we talk about are really designed to help people make that, that shift um, from busyness to productivity related to actually moving mission forward.
0: What a critical difference distinction between being busy and being productive. Yes. I love it. All right. So why do not you get us started? Why don't we uh why don't, why don't we start with some uh, apps tools and tactics? Miko, why don't you kick us off?
1: Yeah, so uh, you know, I'm you know, as the mindful techie, I'm really big on tech distraction tools and so um some things that I I highly recommend are um, for example, taking full advantage of the do not disturb feature that are available for your devices. And so Android devices iOS devices and going to be the most common, right? We have the watch, we have the phone, we have the tablet. Um, we, we even have the, you know, the, the laptop or the computer. In all those instances, um, the tools that we have, have opportunities for us to silence those notifications when we are doing things that are necessary for us to be um, um, productive. So at work, when we do focus on work-related activities, silencing those notifications, and then also when we're sleeping and when we're resting and believe it or not sleep and rest are actually one of the most powerful productivity tools that we have. We didn't talk about this in the session, um, but it's often left out of the discussion. People feel guilty for taking time off and resting, but it's actually a requirement to, to take care of yourself and to do greater work. And so setting your do not disturb settings, you can automate this. So for me, for example, I have my, my phone and my tablet automated so that at um, at about nine thirty every evening, until about 10 a.m. the following day, my notifications are silent. And so what does that mean? That means that from receiving text messages or from receiving alerts from other types of apps on my phone, um, unless I'm looking at my device, I'm not hearing the beep. I'm not hearing the ping. I'm not seeing those things flash across the, the screen. They're not disturbing my sleep um, during the night. And when I wake up in the morning, they're also not the first thing that sort of jolts me into my day, right? I'm able to ease into my day um, without having those things um, turned on so that's that will be one thing that that I would recommend in terms of um, thinking about this idea of tech distraction um, and then another also I'll, I'll, I'll share you, with, before we
0: continue I, I think yes. you and Beth Cantor were talking about this I don't know three four years ago using using the using the very simple functions on your phone that, yes. uh, that are available to keep you from being distracted using the Do Not Disturb. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was you and Beth, like, like I said, yes. three four years ago, talking about Absolutely. The, the very simple, nothing to download, just use the function that's already on your devices.
1: Absolutely. And and they have evolved. And so one of the things that Jason and I talked about in the session is that with Do Not Disturb, for example, um, some of the latest updates for Android and iPhone allow you to, for example, make those um the shutting off of those notifications geolocation based right and so like if you're at the gym or you are um driving act- actually dri- physically driving you're physically at like a an actual on-site in your office for example you can set it so that it recognizes where you are and it adjusts your notifications based on that maybe in the case of of, of jason for example he needs certain notifications on so that he can be alerted if there's something happening with the babysitter right And so maybe depending if Jason's leaving the house to go to work, maybe he wants to be able to receive text messages or calls from the babysitter, but have everything else turned off. And so that's an example of how you can modify those things based on what your needs are so that you can, um, you know, stay informed, be responsible, be responsive, but also make sure that you are moving from busy to productive.
0: Jason has an infant at home. That's why Miko's is saying that.
2: Um,
1: yeah, very relevant.
0: <laughs> no, it's very relevant. Yes, very relevant. Um, b- before we move to Jason, uh, Miko, can we talk about the importance of rest and the the glory of napping? I'm a I'm a huge proponent of naps.
1: Yes, I'm a big proponent of naps. And uh, one thing I will share is I talk about deep rest, right? And deep rest is a continuum that includes. Power naps that include sleeping. It includes just shutting yourself off from external stimulation. So one of the things that I share with folks is that um, some of us have a hard time sleeping, and sleep looks looks differently for everyone. Um, but there are other ways to rest and recover and recharge outside of just sleep. And I give the example of sometimes when I take a power nap, for example, for me a power nap is about thirty minutes or less. Sometimes I am not during that time period able to get into a place of deep sleep, and that's okay. Sometimes the restorative power comes from simply taking a moment to lie down or to sit in a comfortable, you know, cool place, um, unplug from the devices, set the timer, and simply allow my body to relax. The, the the act of doing that, even if I don't fall into a deep sleep, is also rest. and and restoration as well. And so a lot of us beat ourselves up because we feel like, oh, I didn't get, you know, X number of hours of sleep. Well, maybe we expand the definition to focus on, did you allow yourself the space to simply not do a bunch of things at one time, to allow your brain to rest, to allow your body to rest? If you did that, then maybe that's good enough for where you are right now.
0: There's NASA research that the optimal nap time is 22 minutes. I've I've seen that I've seen that in a couple of places. Uh so yes. The, uh, that's what they recommend for people on the uh International Space Station 22 mm-hmm. minutes optimal nap time. They say NASA says.
1: Yes. And I, I find for myself that I I set my timer for 35 minutes and what that allows me to do is cuz you actually need time to get to that 22 minutes. And so I build in the buffer to allow myself to actually lie down, get comfortable, you know whatever it is. And generally, by the time the thirty-five minutes is up, I've I've gotten some, maybe not a full twenty-two, but I've gotten you know a, a, a sufficient amount so that when I wake up, you know I'm feeling refreshed and not not groggy.
0: Okay, and you're welcome to take more, yeah, you know, extra thirteen minutes. You know, if it takes, you have a lot of prep time leading up to your nap. You need to yeah. <laughs> get in just the right position, just the right yes. weight blanket, just the right pillow. I mean, I exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm not making of you. These are all things that I I, I have my special quilt. My nap <laughs> quilt—it's just the right weight. It's soft cotton. It's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's ideal. So
1: yes, absolutely.
0: Uh, all right. So take your extra thirteen minutes. Get yourself—you <laughs> so get a solid twenty-two <laughs> minutes of rest. All right, uh, Jason. Let's go to you. Let's let's um. What what you know? I mean, however you guys have categorized these, you you just you just go next. What, what yeah, else? Well,
2: well, following on the lines of uh, tech distraction, I mean, Nico uh, spoke a little bit about the uh, built-in functionality. And, and one uh, functionality that I'll highlight is uh, Night Shift and Night Light, uh, which are baked into iOS and Android. So in iOS, it's called Night Shift. In Android, it's called Nightlight. And these functions used to be separate apps. And then with the latest releases, they're, they're now baked into the apps. And, and what it is, is essentially a, a red light filter that turns on when the sun sets. And the reason why this is important is that for folks who may find themselves staying up late at night, like if you're up at like, you know, one or two a.m. and you're trying to figure out why you can't fall asleep. For some people, the culprit may be the blue light that is emanating from screens. So if you're staring at your cell phone without a red light filter on, or if you're working late into the night on a computer without a red light filter on, you're actually exposing your eyes to a lot of blue light, which is kind of simulating, you know, bright light outside. So, you know, your body is thinking that it's kind of daylight. And so, you know, no surprise that, you know, that may lead to kind of um, uh, sleep problems. Uh, So uh, night shift and night light um, are settings where you can uh, flip the setting on. And then as the sun sets, you know, your um, screen will kind of tint uh, a reddish orangey glow. And uh, I have found that it's made an incredible difference in being able to fall asleep and actually feel tired. I think there was a for me, a, a pre night shift um, life and a, and a post and even more important for me now with a, a little one, uh, you know, at home. Uh, and, you know, folks, I've introduced this feature to, you know, have have noted that um, they actually, you know, start to feel tired at you know, the times of day when they're supposed to be and you know, they're experiencing, you know, fewer um, uh, sleep challenges. Yeah, in that regard
0: doesn't the blue light suppress uh the production of melatonin which is mm-hmm. uh, uh isn't it melatonin i think that yeah because people take melatonin supplements if they if they're not sleeping well mm-hmm. so i, I mm-hmm. think the blue light suppresses melatonin and that's why it's good to filter it out toward uh, approaching sleep time so that your body produces the melatonin that it need it needs to help you fall asleep isn't something like yeah. that yeah
2: yeah. I think it's helpful to uh be able to provide the body with the the ongoing cues that you know it's that you know it's been built for. And you know, if we're creating lots of like artificial light um, you know, via our our screens and you know, moving beyond the screens too in general, um that, you know, if uh if folks are, you know, having like really, really bright overhead lighting, you know, in their bedrooms or things, you know, it's you know I think important to be mindful of you know those light sources late at night
0: television same thing you know yeah. it, it, it serves no purpose to use night shift or night light on your on your device and then your you know you're watching tv you know again the that 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 blue light um yeah i just saw something else uh, I, this is, seems like the uh, uh qu- the, the theme running through this is sleep but i just saw i just saw research <laughs> about the the darkest the darkest and uh the, the darkest environment is best for sleep the least amount of light possible so if you have a, a light on your charger you know put a piece of put a piece of tape over that or turn it upside down so the light isn't on the led you know leds are very bright so the slightest light um i see it alarm clocks in hotel rooms and i unplug those things and then and then i try to be courteous to the housekeeper and i reset the time before i before i check out uh, but uh led alarm clocks you know b- brightness brightness is br- is bad
2: for sleep i i oh, i totally hear you there i'm putting uh putting tape over things i, I i've gone over uh my entire bedroom with uh, uh electrical tape and you know it's, it's almost like doing a light audit where <laughs> there's like a, a little glow of something it's like all right electrical tape's going on top yeah, of that
1: <laughs> oh no,
0: exactly there are there's a kit there's a little kit that uh amazon sells for like six dollars it's different size circles and different shapes circles and squares with an adhesive on the back so you just you know peel it off a sheet and then based on how big your light is that you're trying to cover you know there's different sizes and different shapes um so you can get a little sheet kit too but same thing some some kind of tape or whatever but you want to you want to you want to sleep in a dim not just dim dark you want to sleep in a dark environment um, all right, I love it. So we haven't even downloaded anything. We're just using the devices that are, <laughs> we're using the functions that are on our devices, for to avoid uh, uh, tech distraction. Um, Jason, why don't you give us something else? Yeah, we'll stick with you, and then we'll go going back to Miko.
2: Yeah, the the, the next uh, kind of uh, another kind of. Uh, uh, tool is, uh, something called newsfeed, uh, eradicator. Uh, so th- this was the tool that was introduced to me by, uh, by Miko. And, uh, it- it's a plugin that, uh, you, uh, it- it's available for, for Chrome. And when you install it, you, you know, when you log in on, on Facebook that you see a bit newsfeed of everything, uh, I mean, newsfeed eradicator, it does just that it eradicates the newsfeed. So it-, it allows you to be more intentional with your social media consumption that, uh You know, when you dip into a social media network like Facebook, you know, they're incentivized to try and keep you on there for as long as possible, you know, viewing all the ads, you know, so on and so forth. But sometimes you just need to go to Facebook to send a quick message or to like look up something and you need to get back out. And what this does is that it removes all the distractions so that you're not stuck on the site. You know, which can often happen. So it, it actually shows a, an inspirational quotation instead. And, uh, you know, if you want to post an update, that's all you can do. Um And you, you can just focus on that. Now, uh, News Feed Eradicator has evolved over the years as well to include other uh, uh, platforms. So, uh, it's also added, uh, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Hacker News, Reddit. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, I think this really reflects that they're, they're listening to their audiences as well, because those are also other sites that, you know, um, during the course of a day, you know, if you're going in just to check in on something, uh, that, uh, you know, you, you, could end up staying there longer than, than you wish. And uh, a tool like Newsfeed Eradicator, uh, you know, allows you to, uh, be more focused. Yes,
0: the distractions that which which are designed—they're built into the—they're built into the sites and the apps to keep you there longer. That's why, uh, yeah. Uh, so, news—where we find—where do we find news feed eradicator? How do we how do we turn that on?
2: Yeah. So, if you just search sure it in, in the uh, the Chrome uh, plugin um, uh, uh, Chrome plugins online, uh, it, it'll show up as news feed eradicator, and you can uh, you can install it there.
0: Okay. Chrome plugin. Excellent. All right, Miko, what do you have?
1: So mine is 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 related. It's also a a plugin for um, for Chrome. It's called Stay Focused, and it's a plugin that allows you to really manage your time on those distracting websites. So for me, for example, I'm a political news junkie, and so I could spend all my time, if I could, going down the rabbit hole of you know, the political news, you know, headlines and the videos and the podcasts and all those things. Right. And so what stay focused allows me to do is let, it allows me to set a time budget. So for me, my daily time budget is 30 minutes. And what that means is I plug in all of my distracting websites and I can browse those for 30 minutes. And then after my time expires, if I'm on one of those websites, I get a pop-up that says, shouldn't you be working? And then the page closes, right? And my time budget resets. Every 24 hours, and so what this allows me to do is to um, find the balance between being productive, but also, you know, engaging in something that's actually fun or entertaining or, or interesting to me. Um, but to Jason's point about Facebook, for example, um, there's nothing wrong with Facebook. You know, Facebook is great. If you like to watch cat videos or panda videos, that's great. Um, but we have to be able to put parameters and boundaries around that. So we don't spend all of our time doing that. You know, one of the things we have to recognize is that, um, especially with social media technologies, they aren't um, neutral in terms of tools. Like we, we tend to think that technology is neutral, but they're not because, as Jason pointed out, there are companies that are incentivized you know, for, for a number of different reasons to keep us on their platforms as long as possible. Right? That's how they make money, right? how they monetize their, their, their offering. And so a tools like Stay Focused allow you to strike that balance between saying, okay, I like to watch cat videos or I like to follow the political news blogs or I like to follow what's happening on Reddit. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm going to set some limits on that so that I can do that while also making space to, you know, get the work done and also spend time with family and friends and some of the other things that are really important for your life as well.
0: So Stay Focused is a is an, an app for uh, Android and iPhone.
1: It's a plugin. It's a browser plugin, just like, like oh. uh the news feed eradicator for, for Chrome. Okay. Okay. Uh all
0: right. 30 minutes. Uh, you're pretty disciplined. I would have said it for more like six hours or something, you know. So I <laughs> 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 defeat the ten hours <laughs> defeat the whole thing. <laughs> no, but I'm using the good I'm using the good plugin. I'm using it. <laughs> all right. Thirty minutes is very disciplined. All right. Uh, and then it shuts. The, you said it shuts the site down if you uh, if you go over whatever whatever site you're on. If you when you go over, it it pulls it down, shuts it. Yeah, close.
1: so it 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 replaces it with a with a a, a pop up that says shouldn't you be working? Okay. Um, now and obviously there there are, you know if if you were determined enough, you can obviously work around it. Like I can open another browser, I can do <laughs> a number of other things. But uh-huh. the the uh-huh. point is that hopefully that would be enough for most people to pause and to really assess, okay, well, this has been enough. I can, I can come back. Uh, and you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be able to come back. I have another 30 minutes tomorrow. I really need to get back to this report I'm working on. I need to go, you know, walk the dog or whatever it is,
0: raise your consciousness, right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Give you the chance to be disciplined. Exactly. If you, if you want to override it and, uh, go back into, uh, unproductivity, then Of course, you can, you can figure out how to do that. It's time for a break. Turn to communications. Content. They can help you create content, whether that's for internal audiences or for your outside audiences, whether it's blog posts, social media, your annual report, reports for the board, research. They can help you create content and, and content curation management. Have you got a lot of documents, some of which could be valuable on your website, on your blog? Uh, There might be good social media posts, but you don't know how to organize them or you need somebody to go through them to find the good stuff and separate the wheat from the chaff. I always like that, the wheat and the chaff. Uh, You know, they can help you with that too. So the content creation and also the curation, the management of your content Organization thereof. All eminently doable by Turn2. Two. Turn2 two Communications, turn hyphen co. Now back to Apps, Tools, and Tactics for the Hybrid Workplace. What's the movie? You, you both have talked about the, the way uh, apps and sites are designed to keep us on. What was the movie just within the past year or 18 months? that uh, that revealed the the tricks the or the technology that uh, that all the big sites use to keep you on was it it wasn't the social network that was the older one about facebook wasn't it the social network yeah
1: the so, the social dilemma social dilemma so, thank you yes social yes. dilemma
0: it's ex- i yes. think it was on hbo it's excellent thank you miko yes yeah. social dilemma yes. reveals all the technology that they're using to keep you on intentionally intentionally the, yes, you, oh you're right this, this is, the technology is no longer neutral
1: yes so yeah, so the the, the social dilemma talks about that, and um what you know uh, the example that um, that Jason gave us in terms of the news feed, which is sort of never ending right sort of this infinite loop, for example. Um, you have other examples with Netflix and YouTube where the default setting is for the the next thing to play. Right? I know automatically. That, right, that
0: annoys the and hell you can, out of me. Uh, and I'm, you can I'm, turn
1: those off. I know. You can, oh, so, you can. Okay. So with, with Netflix, you can turn off the automatic playing of the other things. You can also turn off. I what I find annoying is sort of the the audio preview. You can turn off the audio preview so that you know when you're flipping through different options, the audio preview doesn't. You know, you're not sort of it's not blaring at you as you're trying to decide what you're gonna. You're,
0: right, you're trying what, to sort through what to watch, and every time you you highlight something, right, the preview starts. All right, I'm going to check. Uh, I'm going to check the settings in all three. Uh, yes. The yeah, the one that annoys the hell out of me. You know, I've just watched a great movie. I like to watch a movie to the very bitter end, So it has the the copyright year in the credits. Yes. But um, but they'll but they'll start streaming. Uh, they'll 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 start streaming another movie or so or uh, unless you click up into the upper corner to say continue the credits. Yes. So you you can defeat it. But you got it. You yes. got like ten seconds, or maybe fifteen seconds. I think it's only.
1: 10.
0: <laughs> you have ten seconds to move the cursor. You know, move to go up yes. and highlight, continue credits, and then yes. and then you can watch the ending credits and the and the music. And uh, to me, it, they're cutting the movie in half, even though it's it's the last <laughs> two minutes. To me, they've cut it in half. The credits count. I want to see the credits. I want to hear the music. All right. Yes. All right. But I, I didn't even realize you could turn those things off. Okay. Yes. Check check settings. So check settings in all your streaming uh, apps. All right. Thank you. Excellent.
2: Uh, uh,
0: let's see. Jason, you want you want to take a turn?
2: Yeah. So uh, another section in our presentation is uh, on automation and uh, AI uh, tools, and uh, I'll, I'll start with a, a really cool one that uh, came out fairly recently, uh, and it's called Visual Ping. Uh, so the the URL for it is visualping.io. And what it is, is uh, essentially a tool that will tell you when a site changes. Now, it, it sounds super simple, but, you know, the specific use case may be, you know, let's say you are uh, looking at a site and you're having to check it regularly uh, for an, um uh, uh, an organization that is going to be announcing you know a, a round of you know grants soon and you, you want to be notified mm. um, but let's say they don 't have an email notification system set up or they don 't have like a feed um, that means you know someone in you know your organization or you have to be checking that every day or maybe several times a day if it 's you know super urgent or you want to get in you know quickly and what visual ping allows you to do is just you input the website and you know you can allow um uh, yourself to, to draw a few boxes and say, you know, this is the area of the site that I want to be notified when it changes. And it'll send you a message when it changes, or you can connect it to something like uh, Zapier to, you know, maybe send you a message on Slack or however you wish to configure it. Um, but it's, it's really, really cool, you know, and especially when you look at some websites that, you know, may not, even that are manually updated, this can be really, really useful Um so you know, for notifications of let's say if there's a, you know, uh, I, I've used it for notifications of new charity registrations. Um, there there isn't necessarily a notification feed uh, for that, so I use it to send me a notification every time a new charity is registered in uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had a friend uh, you know uh, share with me that they they used it to um, get uh, tickets for the latest uh, Marvel movie uh, when it came out to be notified as soon as they were available. So you know, right. lots of use cases for it, and uh, it's it's really uh,
1: taken off.
0: Aren't you getting COVID vaccination
1: appointments? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Miko, Miko, what? COVID vaccination appointments.
0: COVID excellent. Uh, uh, Jason, aren't you getting too many pings about new charity registrations daily? I mean, aren't there dozens a day?
2: yeah they it only um i think the the website only gets updated uh when it uh, it does update uh it, it uh so it, it is possible to actually go a couple of days without any notifications and i, I think that they they seem to be batch updated so well, when they batched. are updated yeah. I'll get a notification and then it'll be like oh, okay there's four new charities registered today mm-hmm. uh I know that after the holiday season there's a whole slew of them um you know it's uh, yeah, it, it's just been kind of cool to, to see that. Cause otherwise, you know, I, I was checking the site, like, you know, once a week, just like, Oh, you know, what's new. And now, you know, I, I think there's some really interesting possibilities, um, for you know, just being able to, uh, you know, see it as it, as it comes up.
0: And what do you, what do you do with that information? Is it just, it's just, just for you to see the breadth of charitable work being done in Canada, or are you doing something with the new registrations as they come through?
2: Yeah, I, I was just curious uh, to to see you know them as they're coming through. Uh, you know, I, I tried a little experiment where I connected it to uh, a, a Zapier um, kind of uh, process to uh, automatically tweet it out. Um, so you know, I, I think there are some you know experiments that you know I'm trying there. But um, yeah, it, it was really just to stay informed and on top of you know the uh, huh. new organizations that are coming out and you know what um, what, are, what are the new charities and what are they they focused on.
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay. Mika, you want to take a turn? Please give us, give us a couple.
1: Sure. So, yeah. So, uh, sort of sticking with this theme about AI automation, um, you know, a lot of us use in terms of productivity tools, we use some version of the, the Google suite of tools. So, Google Docs, you know, Google Slides, or we're using Microsoft Office or something similar. And something that's really cool is that both of those actually have built into it. You don't have to buy anything new, you don't have to install on the plugin they have dictation features that allow you to actually speak as opposed to type. So you can actually speak your notes, speak your outline, your agenda, whatever, whatever it is that you're actually working on. And depending on the the type of productivity style you have, depending on also your, your learning style, maybe you're not so good at typing. Um, Maybe if you are doing brainstorming, maybe you just want to sort of speak out loud as you're outlining that report or whatever it is and just have it sort of automatically be captured. Uh, Both, Microsoft Office and the um, Google Docs have um, dictation features like this built in. Um, And there there are other tools that folks are probably aware of, like Otter AI, for example, that integrate with Zoom to actually do um, transcription. Um, There's also um, closed captioning. A lot of people aren't aware of closed captioning that is Automated it that is built into things like Zoom and, te- and Teams that you can turn on to make your meetings more accessible. Um, I think by default, it's, they're, they're available in English, um, and you might have to pay an additional fee or, or hire a live trans- transcriber if you want a, a, another language, depending on the type of meeting that you have. But nonetheless, those are features that are, that are there. Um, that can make life uh, a bit easier for folks that are AI it's AI driven.
0: If, if you're doing this in uh, the, the Word suite or Google suite, uh, you just search for dictation?
1: Yeah, so I would, if I, I'm not able to set a pinpoint exactly where, but what I would do is is just go to the help menu yeah. uh, and search for um, for dictation, or you can just do a, a quick Google search. Um, those would be the two places I would start to to look for where in your particular version you might find that.
0: Yeah, okay. And then also a good point about uh, the closed captioning on Zoom. Yes. Make make these, uh, also making technology more accessible as well. Yes, absolutely. What, what else, Miko? Let's stay with you.
1: Um, so auto responder. So uh, many of us are accustomed to this when it comes to out-of-office replies for email. Um, I encourage people to, use those to indicate um, you know your availability and and, and things of that nature um, but in addition to that there are also autoresponders for things like social media and so there's i'm going to give you a low-tech version and the high-tech version so if your organization for example has a a facebook page i'm going to give you the high-tech version uh, facebook has a feature that will allow you to set up an autoresponder um, to respond to people so for example. Maybe you are a crisis hotline, but maybe you're not twenty four seven and so people are reaching out to you through your Facebook page. Maybe you want an autoresponder to let people know hey we're not available between the hours of this hour and that hour. If you have an emergency, please call this number or you know please make an appointment if it's not urgent to come back the next day or whatever it might be right so you can um, use your autoresponder uh, to to communicate and give people access to information if you're not able to Respond in the moment, right? So that's sort of the one of the high tech solutions that's sort of built into to Facebook. Um, and I actually use this in my personal, as I say my organizational Facebook page because I'm not uh, I'm not active on Facebook. So I'm uh, I'm active on other platforms, and so I use my auto to let people know, hey, I see that you found me here. I'm actually not here. I'm taking a break from Facebook, but you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram, and here's the information for that. Um, low-tech version of that is on this. I'm going to use Twitter as an example. So Twitter is another platform where I have a presence, but I'm not active. Um, Twitter is, for this particular season of my life and work, not a tool that makes sense for me. Uh, and so I made a decision that I'm going to take a break from Twitter. So Twitter does not have a built-in autoresponder. So what I've done is I've simply created a tweet that I have pinned that simply says, I am not on Twitter. If you want to reach me, here's how you can actually reach me. You can go to my Instagram page or you can follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn. And I'm happy to engage with you that way. So if you go to my Twitter profile, that's going to be the first thing that you actually see. You're going to see that pin tweet that says, I am out of the office <laughs> or I'm away from Twitter. And here's the best way to, to connect with me. So um, autoresponders, I think are, are pretty cool when you're using them in this context. And so the high tech version is if the tool you're using has that built in, you can do it that way. And then given the example that I showed you with Twitter, where it's not a native feature, uh, but you can still use it as such. And, and this is important too for smaller organizations. Uh, maybe you have a small staff and this, it, it's not feasible. It probably doesn't make sense from a communication standpoint to be active on all the platforms at one time, but people might still be looking for you. Though. People might be looking for you on TikTok or on Twitter or on Facebook, and maybe you're not able to manage all those things. Maybe you're only able to manage you know, Instagram because you only have one person that's working part-time or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can acknowledge that people are looking for you across those platforms, set up auto if those things are available, or just simply you know, pin a message that says, hey, I know you're looking for me here, but we're taking a break. Find us over here.
0: I love it. You're walking your walk. You're, you're very intentional and mindful about what platforms you're on. You said you, you said at, at this phase, Twitter doesn't make sense for you.
1: Yes. And I, I encourage everyone to think about that, particularly if you are managing a brand uh, for, your, for your organization, uh, to consider, like, yes, part of your audience might be on Twitter, part of your audience might be on Facebook or on TikTok. But if you realistically don't have the capacity to manage those things well, that's perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And so there are ways that you can figure out what's one or two platforms that you actually can manage well. And then you can use the autoresponder or another strategy to manage the fact that people are looking for you on those other platforms, but you simply don't have the bandwidth to be on those right now.
0: It's also just very considerate so that people, because, because if people see a presence on a, uh, on one of the social sites, then, I think it's reasonable to assume that there's going to be some interaction if if I if I try to engage with you. No, yes, I, but but you're being considerate and saying you're don't don't have that expectation because I'm not here, but you can find me in these other places and then I'll be happy to engage with you. Right. Absolutely, very considerate, uh, very considerate use of of the social networks. Right. <laughs> Jason, Jason.
2: Yeah, so. I would like to share a copy AI. Uh, So this is another really cool tool that uh, it allows you to use uh, AI to generate uh, copy for various things. So I'll I'll give a few examples here. Um, You can input something like a brief description of your organization, you know, what you do, or maybe, you know, you can copy and paste your case for support into it. And what it does is it'll generate you uh, text based on uh, what it is that you need. So let's say, for example, you would like to uh, write uh, social media posts that it can generate for you, say, you know, 20 or 30 proposed, you know, uh, social media posts uh, with, with content based mm-hmm. on what you've input into it. Now, c- keeping in mind that, you know, th- this, this is not intended to be like, you know, you copy and paste directly what comes out of this in, into your social oh, yeah. media. Like th- this is more of a kind of a first draft um kind of thing. But it can be a huge time saver for various things. So, you know, one example is for social media posts. Another is for landing pages. So if you're trying to create, you know, landing pages for, you know, your website and you need, you know, several of them that, you know, you can input the intent or what you would like and the system will auto generate, you know, within a few seconds, something that, you know, may otherwise take 10 or 15 minutes or, you know, depending on, you know, how, how, long you're, you're making it um a 10 or 15 minutes reduced to a few seconds um, again for a first draft um, kind of thing that you can then tweak and evaluate um most of them are pretty good uh, you know but there are some that you know you definitely wouldn't use but you know i think that that's the element of you know um, the the human in the loop kind of process uh, to make sure that uh you know this is uh, working well
0: you said Copy AI. Is that, is that an example of an app or that's a general category of of the, the type of AI you're talking about?
1: I say that the website is copy.ai. Copy.ai. Oh, okay. Yep. That's an yes.
0: example of one. Of one. Okay. For, yeah. so, so,
1: Jason, a question for you. So, would an example be that, let's say Tony were to take the transcript of this conversation and he wanted to generate social media from it? Could he upload the transcript to copy.ai and have it do a first draft of social media for this conversation.
2: Yeah, I think you, you could even, um, uh, yeah, I think put that in and then you could, uh, input, you know, um, uh, you know, generate, um, yeah, g- generate a social media copy or a landing page, you know, based on the, you know, the conversation. If you had a transcript available, uh, it, the, the technology that it's built on is, um, built on a model uh, called GPT-3 and that was, uh, released fairly recently. And it's, it's really, really, if, if folks want to look beyond copy.ai and want to dig a little deeper, um, they can go to the open AI, uh, website and register for an account and, uh, it allows you to kind of peek under the hood and, uh, it gives a few options for folks to, um, you know, have conversations with AI or, um, uh, try out, you know, uh, you, you could input like very large uh, blocks of text and ask it to you know summarize or explain explain this to me like uh, I'm a uh, uh, a 5-year-old uh, for you know if oh, you're looking for like simplified descriptions
0: and that's a that's an open ai yeah open dot, is that open.ai uh,
2: i believe it's open openai.com
0: okay interesting all right all right so let's, we start to get a little more comfortable with artificial intelligence and not not fear it uh, and here, all right. So it can give you a first draft, like you're saying. Instead of so, instead of looking at a blank screen, uh, it gives you a place to start for yeah for a blog post or social post. All right, all right.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's a, a big time saver in that, like you know, you, you could be spending like hours, you know, churning out those those first drafts uh, for um, uh, for some of this copy, and you know, really that this you know can save you those hours and really you know puts you more in a in a curation kind of uh, mindset. Uh, where you can, you know, take a look and tweak, uh, and kind of use those hours to, um, you know, further refine, um, you know, the the things that you know would otherwise be really time consuming to uh, to put out. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, Miko, and just, go ahead. Yeah.
1: No, I was going to say, so, Jason, I think one of the the use cases we talked about was, you know, summarizing long or complex documents. So, like, if you're an advocacy organization, you're following policy or legislation that's coming out. You know, a lot of those things. They come out and you have to have a be ready to have a rapid response. Right. And so something that can really help is if you can use a tool like copy.ai to say, okay, can you give me like a really rough summary of this, you know, a hundred page, you know, legislation that just came out um, and and just highlights, right? So again, it's not gonna be perfect, but you know, it you can use that alongside, you know, humans actually sort of taking a look at and reading line by line. Um, and it could help you to sort of again speed up the process of if you need to respond to that maybe there's something you don't like in the you need to be able to put out a press release you know saying what you like and what you don't like or whatever it might be
0: excellent that's a very good case all right and and miko this is in line with you know what we were talking about earlier being busy versus being productive i mean absolutely you know you may feel like you're productive if you're reading the 100 pages of proposed legislation but you can be more much more productive by having a tool give you a first cut through it and then, at, at the very least, that'll give you a place to focus your attention.
1: Yes. So then you go read yes. the
0: pages that are relevant. Uh, at the yes. very least, right?
1: Yes. So
0: busyness versus productivity. You, you don't. You don't want the former. You want to strive. Strive for the latter. It's time for Tony's take two. Sky when the weather's fine You got women, you
1: got women on your mind
0: Yes, the summertime is coming up. Of course, that was Mungo Jerry. You know him. They do all that, those sound effects with their mouth. You know that, I always thought that was on a washboard, but uh, you watch the videos, just their mouths. The summertime, the summertime. So, I'm reminding you to... Make your plans for summer, whether it's time alone, which can be very restorative, or time with others, whoever that might be. Start looking at that summertime calendar. You aren't going to find the time to do the things you want to do this summer. You're going to have to make the time. You got to make the time. Set it aside. Be intentional. You want to spend time with these friends? Book the weekend. And then it's inviolate. Everybody trusts everybody else and your weekend happens. So uh, just uh, my advice, please set that time aside for yourself, for others. Book it off and preserve it so that you can uh, enjoy your summer the way you want to. Whatever it means to you, however you want to do it, make the time. You're not going to find it. That is Tony's take two we've got buku but loads more time for apps tools and tactics for the hybrid workplace with Jason Shim and Miko Whitlock you guys have more right I'm sure is there more is there more out there
1: uh, there, there I mean we, we could talk forever <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, right. so would you like us to go through another category or what, what would you like? Yeah, sure. You got okay.
0: Uh, please, what, what's what's the category? Introduce it so we know what we're talking
1: about. Uh, so we're talking about productivity. So this is category focused on productivity, and I'm going to highlight one um, around video. So there are lots of interesting video tools out there, and I'm going to group these together. So there are three. So there is Vidyard is one, Loom is the second one, and Bonjoro is the third. They're all bon very similar.
0: I love Bonjour. Say the say the first one again,
1: Vidyard. Vidyard. Yes, V I D Y A R D. Vidyard. Vidyard. Okay, yeah. And then Loom. So they're, they're all very similar, uh, and the the you know one of the more common use cases is particularly since we're working a lot of us in the remote or hybrid setting. Um, you asked me, for example, earlier. How do I find the dictation feature in Google Docs or in in Microsoft Word, for example? Um, And so in this use case, I could actually send you a video with the voiceover, with me on screen, showing you my screen and showing you step by step how to actually do it. So as opposed to simply just sending you the instructions, I can actually show you and you you could say, okay, well, I don't see it. I'm like, well, well, Tony, show me what you see. And you could send me a video back, um, show me what you what you see and it can be asynchronous. So right now we are together having our conversation together, but maybe we are asynchronous, you know, maybe you're in a different time zone. Um, and you know, we are available to respond at different times. And so this allows you to send video back and forth, uh, and, you know, help one another in a way that's going to be more helpful than simply sending someone a list of things in an email, do this, this, and this, right. People can actually see it. Um, Another use case, and this is something that, that, um, you know, Jason shared in terms of fundraising, you know, you know, how often do you make a donation and you receive nowadays, um, an email or if that at all saying thank you for your donation and that's it. Like that's all you get. Right. Yeah. But how cool would it be if you got a, instead of an email, you got a short video that was like, Hey, Tony, thank you for your 25 donation, $25 donation to save the wells. I really appreciate it as a result of it, you know, you're going to save X number of wells and we, we appreciate your support. And you got like a 30 second video from somebody, um, you know, how impactful would that be? Uh, and so tools like this allow you to actually do that fairly, fairly easily. So there's so many use cases for this. And one of the 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 broader points in terms of productivity is that allows you to make particularly hybrid and remote work more productive. Uh, particularly when you're working asynchronously, uh, so if you're not on a Zoom together, you're not together. You're working at different times, um, but you want to bridge that communication gap. Um, these can be powerful tools to help you do just that.
0: Bonjoro is one that I know and I and I use uh, for exactly the way you described it. I don't do it with donors, but I do it with new members to my my course, Planned Giving Accelerator. When when someone has uh, has joined the course and paid the tuition. I send them instantly. I send them and I, I tease it with, you know, when I see your payment come through, I'll send you my special welcome. Yes. <laughs> and then the special welcome is like, yeah, it's a 30 or 45 second video. It's just, I, I find that one makes it very easy to use, but you're yes. saying Loom and Vidyard also as, as good as Bonjoro.
1: Yeah. So they're, they're very similar. And so maybe okay. Jason can speak to like some of the, the, the nuances there that, that I'm not aware of. Uh, another use case here too, is, you know, you know, you mentioned you have your courses and so on. Uh, I do a lot of pre-recorded things. And so, you know, things like Loom can be super useful where I can, you know, maybe I don't want to use Zoom. Um, Maybe I want to use Loom because I want to share my screen. Uh, Maybe I'm doing drawings on the screen and I want to show people things. I want to point to stuff. I want to highlight different things, Uh, but I want people to be able to see me. And hear me as well. Um, so, a tool like Loom, for example, can be a powerful tool to help you to 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 do that. So, when people get your recording, it's not just you, but they're able to see you your slides. They're able to see you interacting with the slides, um, and and so on.
0: How is that better than using Zoom? If you just recorded yourself on Zoom and shared your screen, Zoom has a whiteboard
1: feature. Just so an alternative. Yeah. Just an alternative. Just an alternative. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: you can loom, you can zoom. All right. All right. It's cool. Uh,
2: I've also found that for, uh, for Vidyard um, when I've had to troubleshoot any technical issues with any of the software that I'm using uh, and I send in a Vidyard video uh, detailing exactly what my screen looks like and what I'm doing as I'm narrating it. um, I up until I started doing that, I never got feedback from support people being like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. Thank you. Since yeah. I started doing that feedback that I get from support folks, like, thank you so much. You know, this has saved multiple back and forth emails and we can solve and diagnose the problem in one shot. And so if you uh, if you want to make a support person's day uh, and yeah, for technical issues, uh, you know, record a video of yeah, uh, of any problems you're, you're having and send that in.
0: <laughs> and also be more productive. Yes, Avoid the end. Avoid the endless emails back and forth. All right. Yes. Uh, Jason, your turn.
1: Yeah. So
2: speaking of uh, avoiding, you know, uh, back and forths, uh, a couple of tools that I'd like to highlight is uh, addressing uh, uh, quite quite a simple thing. So you know, I think folks uh, tend to copy and paste uh, fairly frequently on a day to day basis. So you know, you go into one document and you need to copy something over into another document. But what do you do when you have uh, many little bits of information that you need to shuffle over. Now, for most folks, you know, they uh, may just flip back and forth over and over again. Uh, however, there are, there is software that will make it easier to do that. Um, so the, the specific software uh, for Mac, it's called uh, Flycut. And the uh, Windows um, equivalent is uh, CopyQ, so that's a letter Q. and. The, the analogy I would use is that it's kind of like a bucket for your uh, clipboard or uh, maybe a better analogy is a, a like a coffee tray. So instead of having to go back and forth to the coffee shop, you know, for each individual kind of request that you can just kind of put it, you know, in a tray and uh, get it all at once. And then, you know, when you're um, moving between uh, programs that you can, you know, copy, copy, copy a whole bunch of different stuff. So let's oh, say you could yes. have... T- 20 different items, then you can move to, you know, where you actually want to paste the stuff and then, you know, paste, 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 instead of having to go back and forth 40 times, you could, you know, just batch those all at once. And this is a very simple, but um, you know, if you're doing this like, I don't know, 40 50 times a day and you multiply that over the course of a year, like this can save a huge amount of time.
0: Why did we have to wait till 2022 for somebody to think of that?
1: That, that well, they,
0: they've been, been a, around for a while. Been a bug for me, bug to me for a long time. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say, Miko? Sorry.
1: No, I, I think equivalents have been around for a while. I think they've they've evolved over time, but I, they've been around for a while. Like the for particularly for folks that are like into programming and things like that, they probably a, were aware of these tools, you know, well before now. <laughs> All right, I, I, yeah.
0: I was not. All right, copy to <laughs> you. Yeah, I, you know, uh, for my in ten interviews, my, my, my NTC interviews, I, I was copying and pasting uh the title onto i made a sheet for each uh, for each interview so i need the title i need the uh the um the, the short bios of each person the the name and the title but they're not together so i was doing them separately because they're not together on the page and then i need the description and i need the learning outcomes yeah, so it's like four or five diff- or depending on the number of speakers it could be like eight different copy and paste for one interview all right so i can bulk copy and then bulk paste with copy queue yep.
1: Totally. Or you could just hire Jason to create a process where it <laughs> it scrapes it scrapes the website, it creates the sheets for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll automate the entire thing, and then we'll get copy yeah. AI to write everything. <laughs> exactly, and, and you'll just it'll take you thirty seconds, and you'll have all the things you need. <laughs> okay, all
0: right, Jason. I don't think I can afford Jason, though. I,
1: I'm <laughs> His, his expertise is beyond you get the friends view. and family discount. Yes.
0: Oh, thank you. All right. All
1: right. And he's, he's on parental leave now, so you can take advantage of that. Oh, you know? well, that's
0: right. I got leverage. Yes. Well, it's
1: paid
0: Isn't it paid? It's paid leave.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: have quite the economic, thing. but yes. I'll take, the friends, I'll take the friends and family discount. All right. Yes. Um. All right. Well, let's keep going. We got a couple more minutes. We can spend a little more time. Um, do something else. Somebody. I don't I'm not going to call. Um, you, you guys yeah. decide. Who wants to go next?
1: I, I'll, I'll talk about timing. So we we are working in a remote and hybrid world. I think all of us, well, I think, yeah, I think all of us are probably in different time zones, right? And so I find, um, particularly in a remote hybrid environment, that I've, I've there have been instances where I've gotten confused about times I was like, in what time something is. And I actually think this, this actually happened for our NTC session. And I was like, well, I thought this was an hour later, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh my, are you not show up an hour
1: late? Did you? I did not know. Luckily, Jason, you know, had the sense to to call and text. <laughs> okay. okay. Yes. So we, so we got that, that part uh, figured out. So one of the things that I, that I love is a feature because I'm a, I'm a big Google calendar person. So I, there's a feature in Google calendar, actually two. Uh, One is called multiple time zones, requires no add-on. You can go into your settings and you can, um, if there are frequent time zones that you're operating across for your organization, you can add those. And so I've added those in terms of the clients I work with. What are the three or four most frequent time zones? So that when I'm booking um, appointments, I can see which time zone it is uh, and make sure that it's the, the right time. And then the other is the world clock feature that it's very similar. Um, that allows you to see what time it is in different time zones at a glance. Um, and that allows, um, scheduling to, to make things easier. Um, and it's for me, like as someone who's traveling and you're working with people across multiple time zones, it helps me to understand, okay, what time zone am I in (laughs) and what time zone is, is, is my, is my client in and I'll, give you an example that was really relevant with the daylight savings time so the place that i'm at now um so so some people might i know this but when we have daylight savings time not every time zone changes at the same time right Right. and so the time zone that i was in this year um there was like a three-week difference right where there was there was like i was in like no man's land where like it was like regular time or standard time everywhere else, but like I'm still stuck in like this place where like I'm in purgatory or something. (laughs) And so I needed to be very, very uh, in tune with like what time it was for me versus what time it was wherever it was that I was with the folks that I was actually collaborating with. So multiple time zones and the world clocks feature. Don't need to add anything. Simply it's features that you can actually turn on by going into your settings, into your Google Calendar, um, there are similar features for, for Outlook for folks that are looking for those. So you can Google and figure out what those things are. But something super simple, but actually super helpful in terms of helping you to um, be more productive um, when it comes to scheduling those those meetings.
0: All right. So so world clock and multiple time zones. That those are yes. both features in Google Calendar. Yes. Okay. Because I'm thinking when you said world clock, I'm thinking too, uh, I use iPhone. You could just set up multiple just on iphone set up multiple time zones for where your where your clients are i mean i've been doing some collaborating with uh some folks in india now and absolutely uh, and it's ten and a half hours ahead from eastern time where i am so absolutely and and it's a half hour difference every time zone is not on the hour uh, in terms of difference so there's one yes and a half hours yeah um and then in my class we had the trouble hawaii does not use daylight savings time
1: yep <laughs> it's so funny there,
0: but they don't need it so so the the, the <laughs> class members from hawaii were late for or they missed the they missed the class after daylight savings time <laughs> they, they don't think of it so uh get smart yes just be productive you know there are tools to help you with this you don't have to make the calculation every time i love your case yes. too, like you're traveling all right so i know you know from your home this client is Plus three hours, but all right. Now I just went back to, so now they're plus five. Or oh, no, <laughs> Do I add the two or do I subtract the
1: two? So <laughs> exactly. Plus five or
0: they're plus one now? No, yes.
1: So you're, you're yeah, doing I, like a math problem, right?
0: Madness. <laughs> right, right. It does become an algebra <laughs> problem, yes. All right. Use your tools. Use the tools. Please. Yes. Please use the tools. Um, all right, Nico, uh, I let Jason open, so why don't you wrap us up? Give us, give us one more and take us out with a little motivation.
1: All right. So I'll, I'll give you, uh, one more and a little bit of motivation. So, um, the last one I'm going to give you is a, a tool called, uh, WhatsApp business. A lot of folks are familiar with WhatsApp, which is a encrypted SMS um, platform. There are others like Telegram and, 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 and like, um, but one of the things I like about WhatsApp business is, um, it allows you to number one, have Um, more than one WhatsApp number. So if you have just a regular WhatsApp, most of us understand that one of the limitations is that you can only tie one phone number to WhatsApp. And so I travel internationally, so I have an international number and I have a US number. Um, But with the traditional WhatsApp, I wasn't able to use WhatsApp with both numbers. Well, now I can, because I set up a a WhatsApp business account and I've attached my international number to that. And now I can use both WhatsApp accounts um, simultaneously. The, the other use cases for organizations, um, going back to the crisis hotline example, maybe you're using WhatsApp as a way to communicate with folks and have it be encrypted, for example. Um, you can set up a catalog or a menu of services that you offer within WhatsApp business. You can set up autoresponders so people can get a response. If you're not available, they can get a response of, of like your office hours or how to contact you um, during regular times so of who to contact if it's an emergency. Um, and you can allow ready access for multiple people to use the WhatsApp business account and be able to respond to messages um, and 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 not have that limitation that you have with the, the traditional um, WhatsApp that most people are familiar with. So um, if going back to this time zone um, challenge, you also have multiple phone numbers for whatever reason. Right. Um, hopefully for legal reasons um, yeah. that you're a- <laughs> you're able to use WhatsApp. Um, Business uh, to help make that transition uh, a bit more, a bit more seamless. So, um, you know, as as we close out, you know, I really want to just go back to what we talked about at the top, which is you asked us about the mental model for um, the work that we're doing, and um, it's really again moving from being busy, right, ticking off things on the checklist, ticking through those emails, you know, counting the number of hours that you worked and really centering the amount of your time and energy and effort on being productive and moving toward tangible, meaningful, impactful outcomes for your work. And to apply this, not just for your work, but also personally, we can apply these same concepts to how are we um, making ourselves more productive so that we can be more present and more available for our friends for our family, for our colleagues, and also for ourselves. Because ultimately, if we are not at our best, then we can't give our best. And so we want to make sure that we are keeping that in mind as we think about this topic of apps, tools, and tactics, specifically in this hybrid world that we're experiencing right now.
0: That's a perfect wrap-up. Thank you. And I'm going to I'm gonna ruin it now. You're stuck with a lackluster host. It's, it's, it's tragic. <laughs> it's really tragic. Uh, because while you were talking, I realized you know, we didn't talk anything about email, help, help with email, email management. Yes. Uh, are, are there, do you guys have anything? I'm putting you on the spot now in a specific category. Do you have ideas for, I, I feel bad r- ruining your abs- outstanding rap. We'll, <laughs> we'll just have to listen. You have to replay it after we have, but, but we got to hit email. You mentioned email.
1: <laughs> do you
0: have, do you have tips for email management?
1: Uh, We do. There are tons of tips. And um, I'm going to let Jason, there was one you covered in the session, um, the inbox pause. You want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, there's a tool called uh, inbox pause. It's a, uh, it's made by uh, boomerang and uh, it's a plugin that uh, it's, it applies for uh, Gmail. And what it does is that it will uh, hide your inbox uh, until you're, you're kind of, um, uh ready to to view or that's that's one of the settings that you can have but the the pause inbox is that when you press the pause button it'll stop the emails from coming in so that uh you know you can more carefully manage your time around how you process the email so instead of you know uh, going back and checking and you know responding that you can actually you know schedule in time into your calendar be okay this is my designated email checking and responding time Mm. and not kind of have that temptation of having the email sitting in the inbox because you, you literally can't see them and, until you hit the uh, resume inbox and then all the emails will come flooding in and then you can process it uh, then and there. So, uh, you know, th- this kind of goes in line with what we shared earlier about, you know, um, uh, newsfeed eradicator, it's kind of similar in its function and that, um, you know, this is to manage your attention and, uh, you know, help make it easier to uh, schedule intentional time to to deal with those things. Okay. Inbox,
0: inbox pause. Uh, you, yes.
2: you, have, you, have another, you have another email tool, Jason? Uh, I have one. It, yeah, go ahead. Okay. go
1: ahead, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> so I was going <laughs> to... Go ahead.
2: <Anyway.
1: laughs> uh, so I was going to share uh, it's, it, a strategy and then the tool related to the strategy. So the, the research shows that we spend more than half of our work time actually reading, writing, responding to email. Yeah. More than half of our work time reading, writing, and responding to, to email. So a significant chunk of our lives are spent nowadays, you know, in our, in our inboxes. And so one of the most effective things that we can do to manage that time more effectively and to actually lower that amount of time is to um, reduce the number of decisions that we have to make about the things in our inbox. And one of the most effective ways to do that is by actually filtering things into different buckets. Um, so that you're not having to think about that. Because when the the email comes in, it's not just responding to that. You have to figure out, okay, do I respond to this? Is this spam? And do I respond to this now? Do I respond to this later? How urgent is this? You're having to think about all those things simultaneously, and it becomes mentally and emotionally draining and exhausting over time. So I use Gmail, and one of the ways I do this with Gmail is I use the multiple inboxes feature that allows me to sort things into um, four different buckets. I have my main inbox. I have um, you know, alerts for things like Google Docs. So if Jason and I are working on something and Jason's tagging me, I can see that Jason's tagged me and so expecting a, re- a response. I have my newsletters, right? So those are things that don't require an immediate response. So th- those are things I wanna go back to, but I don't need to see that in my inbox and then drag it and drop it to manually to a folder. And then the last one are the receipts, right? So if I'm ordering things online, um, I don't need to see that receipt right away. So if I need to see that receipt for tax purposes or if we're getting reimbursement, I know that it's there in my my receipts folder and I can go back and look at that um, later. And what that means is then I have those four categories, then I'm spending less time sorting through my inbox and I can spend more of that time actually responding to the things that are actually the higher priority so you can do this also for outlook there's a smart inbox feature um, that can support this you can also set up filters um, to route things to different um, inboxes you can color code things based on um, who it's from for example so if if your top priority is to respond to emails from donors and to your your supervisor or the ceo of your organization um, you can flag those as a different color so that you can make sure that you're always focusing on those things first. So there are many different ways you can do this, but the the broader principle here is to um, set up filters, whatever system works for you in terms of filtering, so that you're spending less time, mental and emotional energy, processing email, but actually being productive when it comes to the type of email that you're receiving.
0: Thank you. All right. Thank you guys for going a little long. Again, I I didn't think of email until, until Miko mentioned it. But so we went long, but so thank you for the graciousness uh, or being gracious around that. But I mean, the stuff we talked about, you know, do not disturb, night shift, night light, newsfeed eradicator, stay focused, visual ping, autoresponders, copy.ai, vidyard, loom, bonjour, fly cut, copy queue, multiple times, well, multiple time zones, Oh, oh multiple time zones, world clock feature, right? WhatsApp business, uh, inbox pause, and... Uh, just being intentional, uh, uh, filtering, filter, filter. Yes.
1: You're filtering. Yes. Email filtering. So yes.
0: Uh, incredible. i, I, I was It's probably another hour and a half. All right. <laughs> they are. Uh, they are uh, both both uh, former board members of N10. Jason Shim, director of digital path uh, digital strategy and transformation at Pathways to Education Canada, and Miko Marquette Whitlock, the Mindful Techie, a speaker and trainer on mindfulness and technology. Jason, Miko, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing all this.
1: Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us.
0: Absolute pleasure. Loved it. Thank you. Next week, we're going to have more from 22NTC, asking for, receiving, and giving feedback. If you missed any part of this week's show, I beseech you, find it at TonyMartinetti.com. We're sponsored by Turn 2 Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission turn 2co Our creative producer is Claire Meyerhoff. Show's social media is by Susan Chavez. Mark Silverman is our web guy. And this music is by Scott Stein. Thank you for that affirmation, Scotty. And with me next week for Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Go out and be great.